Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and as we walk with Jesus Christ through these last days of his earthly life, culminating in Holy Week, we invite you to join us in this Lenten journey, a journey of introspection, a journey of preparation, a journey that will help us to come home to God through Christ. So we invite you to join us as we set our feet toward Jerusalem. Come on in. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And all in his temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. And he was amazed with their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their, their journey except a staff No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. This is the word of the Lord. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at his great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see God, called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. This is the word of God. Thanks for being Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good, good. All right. So for anybody in here who does not know, my name is Keaton Cudd. Uh, I'm currently a senior at Northside High School, um, and next year I'm going to be going to the University of Alabama to major in mechanical engineering. So um, is there ever a place that you've visited uh, that you feel has demanded your respect? Um, now, the place that I feel like speaks to me the most in that sense is Yellowstone National Park. Um, I had the chance to go there when I was uh, 13 years old, and I have to say it was one of the most beautiful places I have ever been. Um, there's something interesting to see at every corner of the park. It's just, it's a massive place, and it was the most fun I've had uh, in the wilderness ever. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Um, so this picture right here, this is Yellowstone Lake. Um, it is huge. It is 136 square miles. Um, and to put that into perspective, uh, Lake Harding, which is in Georgia and Alabama, it's uh, 15 times the size of Lake Harding. So standing next to it um, in that picture just made me feel like a little ant um, compared to how big it was. Um, it is not the biggest lake in the world by any means, um, but still just the sheer size of it is, is it's hard to think about because there's just so much, so much out there. Um, next up, uh, one of my favorite spots was the hot springs right here. Um, for anybody who does not know, Yellowstone National Park sits on top of a super volcano. And so there is tons of geothermal heat and stuff that comes up through the park, which makes this type thing happen. Um, the pools are around 200 degrees Fahrenheit, so they're almost boiling. Um, and they're just crystal clear. You can see all the way down them. Um, and there's nothing like swimming around them, of course, because they're super hot. But um, those were also just one of, the, one of the spots of the park that were really cool to look at. They were super pretty. Um, and then next up, the Rocky Mountains are right by Yellowstone National Park. They are around 3,000 miles long. Uh, they're the longest mountain range in the United States. Um, and we don't get to see much of mountains. Uh, maybe if you go to North Georgia, you know, there's mountains up there, but nothing the size of the Rockies. Um, just really, really, you know, they're tall. I never got the chance to get up close to them. I would have loved to, but those also were super cool. And... Uh, then there was all sorts of wildlife and stuff I had never seen before. So that's a picture of a bison right there. Um, they are all around the park and they just kind of roam wherever they want. One thing that I really admired about the park was that they were able to go wherever they wanted. So they weren't fenced in anywhere. They weren't restricted to certain parts of the park. Uh, you could just be walking around and you could look to your left and there's a bison. You know, there's a herd of bison. Um, there were tons of just fields of flowers and just, it was all so beautiful. Everywhere I looked, it was just something new to see that I had never seen before. Um, my favorite part of the park though was Old Faithful, a little video of it. Um, it's the largest geyser on the park um, and it was discovered all the way back in 1870. Um, and since Yellowstone sits on top of a super volcano, that's what makes this type of thing possible. Um, we got there right around 10 minutes before it erupted and when it did, I mean, it was just, again, something I'd never seen before. Um, and just all of these things I saw at the park, I feel like demanded my respect. Um, they've been, the national parks all around the world have been, have been protected since 1916 and they've gone untouched. They're not exploited for the resources. They aren't industrialized and there are very few buildings on the park um, so that they don't disturb what's been protected for so long. Um, and I feel like this, this shows how 
this, this is just strengthened my respect for, for God, just because he created all of this. He created the experience that I, that I was able to see while I was there. Um, now in Psalm 29, we witness the Lord's power on display. Um, the Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. Now, the Lord's power is infinite and is present all throughout his creation. Um, and I think his power can be visualized really well in Psalm 29. Um, God created Yellowstone and he rules over it. He rules over the earth. And so he's created something so beautiful, um, just like in Genesis and the creation story, as well as Psalm 29. And I feel like someone with this amount of power commands respect. Um, But at the same time, I don't think that the Lord um, commands it in the context of abusing it or oppressing others. Um, I personally have no respect for leaders that lack love, empathy, and caring. Um, But in the Lord's case, he's always been seen to use it for good. Um, Some of the uh, instances where I see that is um, when he healed a man whose ear had been cut off in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, as well as the miracle of the loaves and the fish when he turned five loaves of bread and two fish into enough food to feed 5,000 of his followers. Uh, And then we also see another example of his power in the book of Exodus. Uh, This is the story where Moses is tending to his flock and he witnesses a bush that's on fire, but it isn't burning. He approaches the bush and the voice of the Lord calls out to him, telling him to take his shoes off before he steps any closer. He is standing on holy ground. In the Old Testament, whenever somebody comes into contact with God, those places become set apart and they can be considered holy ground. So the fact that God was present and speaking to Moses through the burning bush uh, created a holy ground around that bush. And that's why God told Moses to remove his shoes out of respect for the Lord in the holy ground. Um, One real world example I can find of this is in Japanese culture. Um, Their culture has been evolving for years, but one of the things that's always been extremely important to the Japanese is respect. And so it's tradition in Japan to remove your shoes before you enter somebody's house um, to show respect for them and their property. So in the same sense that they remove their shoes to show respect, Moses is removing his shoes to show respect for God and his holy ground. The act of Moses taking his shoes off, I feel, is a type of passive respect to the Lord. Um, He takes his shoes off so that he can listen to the word of God and learn through his teachings. Um, I see things like Montreat and coming to church on Sundays, I see that as passive respect because we come to hear the word of the Lord. We come to uh, better ourselves through the Lord's, Lord's teachings. Um, so Montreat and church, I, I've been going to Montreat for, I think this year will be my fifth year actually. Um, and just through that time, I've learned so much. Um, and we respect Montreat while we're there. We respect the church while we're here in the same sense that we would respect our own property. Um, and Montreat is also a really pretty, pretty campus. It's right um, by Blue Ridge. And so, you know, there's also tons of stuff to see up there, just like Yellowstone. There's tons of mountains and wildlife and stuff to see up there. So we also have to have that type of respect while we're there as well. Um, and then our last scripture selection this morning was the book of Mark. And here we see Jesus sending out his 12 disciples um, in pairs of two uh, across Israel. He sent them and gave them authority over impure spirits, and he told them to only go with the clothes on their body as well as a pair of sandals. Now, they were to stay at the same house until they left the town, and if any town were to reject them, they were to move on to the next town. 
Now, this was intended to work, I feel, in a sense that if one group went to a town and didn't appeal to the town folk there, that the next team would come along and have a different appeal to them and be able to preach God's word. Um, it's said that the teams drove out many demons and healed many sick people. Now, this story, I feel, is a direct contrast to the story of Moses in the sense that... Um, in the sense that it's a more active respect for God. Um, now, the disciples go out and do God's work, but it's not because they, God doesn't want to do it himself, but it's because the disciples have an unwavering respect for Jesus. Um, and they trusted Jesus would provide for them, even though he sent them uh, on a tough journey through Israel. Um, now, one thing I questioned when I was uh, reading these scriptures is the shoes in this story. Um, in the story in Exodus, Moses takes off his shoes to show respect for the Lord. Um, but in this story, we see uh, Jesus tell them to keep their shoes on. Um, and I feel like this, the shoes symbolize respect here, um, but in the sense that the shoes allow them to carry out their respect for the Lord. Um, walking barefoot is extremely difficult, and considering that Israel is a very arid climate, you know, it's it's hot, it's it's sandy and just would be a difficult journey without shoes on. And so the shoes allow them to carry out God's work. They allow them to preach to these towns that they are going to. Um, and I like to relate this to the saying that we are God's hands and feet. Um, we, or the disciples in this case, are acting as God's hands and feet and spreading his word um, and in turn showing our respect for him. And like I said, this story shows more active respect for God. And I feel like this is because we are actively going to do stuff. Um, I relate this to stuff like service projects, um, inviting others to hear the word of the Lord, um, going to Bible study, um, and things like Vacation Bible School. Um, Vacation Bible School, we sing songs to actively participate in worship. Uh, I've helped teach lessons at Vacation Bible School before, and um, we are also teaching our younger generation. So, we teach them for the entire week in hopes that they grow stronger in their faith and then they can go on to uh, share their faith with others. Um, at Montreat, I've been ringing my friend Patrick for about the last two years and he's really enjoyed it and it's been a great opportunity for me and him uh, to grow in our faith together. Um, and Bible study, uh, I feel like can also be passive and active at the same time, but it allows us um, to learn about the Lord uh, and also support each other so that we can have an individual as well as a community journey. Um, we are God's disciples. We have been tasked with spreading his word. Um, and so I feel like Bible study can be active and passive, but um, I think it's a great way to active, uh, actively respect the Lord. Um, and then service projects, I think, also have a huge role in the church. Um, Organizations like Operation Christmas Child uh, and Rise Against Hunger serve those all around the world for their immediate needs, um, and they also are Christian organizations, so they share God's word in the process. And so as I've been working on the sermon, uh, it's become very clear to me that there are things that we can all do, different things that we can all do to show our respect for the Lord. Um, and I realized that there are different types of respect. Um, and it's gonna differ person to person. So the way that I might show my respect might differ from Tripp's respect or Walker's respect, um, but they all accomplish the same thing. Um, whether it's preaching our word to the Lord like the disciples did, or taking time out of our day to learn and listen like Moses did, or even taking uh, and respecting God's creation. 
our respect for God should be nothing less than dynamic. Amen. Amen.